I was not nervous until I received that welcome. <laughs> now the expectations are really high and, uh, you know, it can go downhill from here. Blessings, everyone. It is wonderful to be here. Uh, I feel uh, honored and blessed to, to be sharing with you this morning. And it, we've been coming for about a year. We've really, really enjoyed this community, and we hope that, that the word for today will be, uh, will be received as, as inspirational, as a challenge for us today. So the, the beginning of this, the, this, the origination of the message, I, in my mind, it started a few weeks ago. We were singing, I think I was here, and I opened up my big mouth between the songs to, uh, to read a scripture in Romans 12 that will become the, the scripture for this, for this morning. So I share that scripture, and, and we pray, we end, we, we go down that little ramp, and then Pastor Ray says, hey, blessings, brother, what, you want to develop that into a, into a message? And I laughed, and I kept going. And I guess I, I overestimated my understanding of Pastor Ray's sense of humor. <laughs> because he was, he, he was serious. <laughs> so he called my bluffs, and so here I am. And so today's, today's scripture is going to focus on the theme of transformation. We're going to take a look at what transformation is, what it isn't, uh, how we can, we can glean some concepts to apply in our own lives and, and what are some examples of what that may look like? We're gonna take a look at two biblical examples, uh, two characters, and hopefully we'll be out by dinner time. <laughs> I won't do that to you. I did, <laughs> in my culture we went, uh, I grew up in Puerto Rico uh, in the 80s and 90s, and it would be not at all uncommon for us to go in at nine and come out at 3.30. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> so what is this concept of sacrifice? Let's take a look at the, at the scripture, dive right in. And it is in the book of Romans, chapter uh, 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, it'll be up. I'm going to read it from the NIV. Uh, and it says, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Some translations say uh, acceptable act of worship. It says in verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. Some translations say understand then you will know, some translations say, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That is one of my favorite scriptures because it's so powerful and it encompasses so much about what the Christian life and journey of faith looks like. But what does it mean? There's so much in there, and hopefully we can unpack it a little bit. So I am happy that Grace Church over the last year, it has become apparent to me that this is a congregation that takes a, what we call a high view of scripture, right? So we look to the scriptures to uh, inform us for guidance and we place the value of the scriptures above what my opinion is or what your opinion may be or what our feelings are. 
Okay, and then we look that as a guide for our faith, our practice, our principles, our doctrines, and that is fantastic. So when we go to this book that we look at for guidance, it is a little bit surprising for me that in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it inserts an ingredient. And this just jumped out at me this week. Because the whole point of going to the scriptures is to discern God's will. It's to discern the, and to learn and to glean principles about the, the, the heart and the character of God so we can make judgments about the right path to go in our own lives. And so imagine my surprise when I look at verse two and it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you will know God's true, good and perfect and pleasing will, boy. So it isn't sufficient for us to have, if I think, they're in like an imaginary line here where it starts, okay, now I know. Because um, I. <laughs> the whole point of going is so we can learn those principles and here we know that we need to be transformed to understand. And so it's not sufficient to become uh, experts at all of the words and to know the Greek and the Aramaic and to understand the scriptures, and even if we uh, you know, have a passion for them, but are we transformed? Are we looking through with transformed eyes and processing this information with transformed thinking? Because if we're not, chances are we're gonna stumble along the way. So then we, let's take a look at what does it mean what is this transformation process? How does it work? All right. Well, I'll suggest to you, we go back to verse one. It says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's, it's a picture that would have been very poignant to uh, the people who would have been reading this first. Because the broader context of the book, of, uh, of, really of the, the majority of the New Testament, is a family of faith, a group of congregations, a group of churches that are in a state of change. The demographics are shifting, and people, particularly people of Jewish descent and who grew up with some of the traditions and the customs, are looking for guidance and, hey, how is this going to look like? How are the, how are the, the, the very important uh, practices that we have held that have been handed to us from generation to generation how does this look like in the context of Jesus being the Messiah, which we believe and we accept? Okay. And so Paul writes something that would have resonated, this idea, this picture of a sacrifice, but he redefines it. He says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. And so to me, that's a clue that the process of transformation perhaps begins with death. The death of what? And I would suggest to you that it is the death to the old you. What does that mean? I was uh, reading this, uh, this psychologist named Abraham Maslow created this framework for understanding humans and what we need and some of you may be familiar, it's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it looks like a, like a food pyramid. I wish I would have done a better job preparing 
the visuals, it would be up on the screen. But imagine like a little food, py food pyramid. And at the bottom of that pyramid is like your basic physical needs, your food, your shelter, your clothing. And then up, down a little further, it's some needs like emotional needs. And then a little bit further, uh, social needs. You need to belong somewhere. You need to have a sense that you're a part of something. And then you get to these uh, self-esteem needs. And then at the end, this thing called self-actualization, which is maximizing, realizing your potential. And then people argue back and forth as to what that might mean for them. But the point is that all humans in, in their DNA, in our DNA, that we have this embedded circuitry, this program, that has us chasing after these things, and it's fundamentally human to do so. We, we need food, we need shelter, we need esteem, we need friendships, we need relationships, we need all these things. And as we search for these things, which are very, very important, you know, we find them in identities. We find them in our family, and so we identify with that, and we find them in, in our camaraderie. We find them, sometimes we find it as, uh, I find it in my profession. I'm an accountant, and so that's important to me. And it begins, be, these things begin to elevate themselves in our lives. Our professions, our family, our ide other identities, my, my, my ethnic identity as somebody of African descent and as somebody as being a, also of Hispanic descent, and so I should be proud. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a Puerto Rican. I'm, 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 I'm proud. And those things begin to form those identities. Our political identity, our preferences as to how to vote and how how to participate, how to engage. These things become important to us. As these things elevate themselves and become identities, they form the basis for the old me even if they're not inherently bad things. And so I would suggest to you this morning that the process of becoming a living sacrifice may involve the summary execution and putting to death these things, these identities, these things. Even these things, yes, even those things. But I'm proud to be from the island, but I'm proud, well, even those things. But you don't understand, I'm a conservative, I'm a patriotic, even those things. That's right, I'm gonna sweep the leg. Everything must be put to death. And what comes at the other side is somebody who's ready to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. And there is pain in that process. It is not an easy process. It is not a magical process. And it is not to be confused with the conversion experience. Do not be confused. Transformation and conversion are two different things, and we're going to take a look at precisely why they're different and how they're different. Okay. By looking at the, a cool story... A superhero origin story. We love those. Oh, we are, we're geeks in our house. We've all we got all the Avengers and uh, all of the DC. We, 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 like them. we like them. Almost all of them, we love them. But this superhero is different. His name was Saul of Tarsus. 
And he started out with a zeal for truth. And he was trained in the scriptures. And he was very zealous in his in diligent in making sure that he would protect anything that in his mind would threaten what he understood to be true. And I look at him and I, 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 you know, it's easy to look at that and say, man, what a fool. But no, 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 I get that. Right? How many of you get that? I want to protect what's true from the assault of these new things that are around me. Mm, that should sound familiar. And so he went out, Acts chapter 9. So he goes out, I'm going to take, take you through the superhero origin story of, of Paul. He was involved and he was approving of Stephen's execution. These are his credentials. He would go around, the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, that he would drag out people from their homes and put them in prison for threatening the spiritual, scriptural purity. He would do that. And he was renowned for that. He was respected for that. And then one day, one day from Krypton, no, one day he was on the road to Damascus and he sees the light. And he's knocked off, he's made blind, and, and, and he hears a voice from heaven. He says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? For some reason, the King James just resonates with me. Why do you persecute me? And his reaction is, who are you, Lord? And at, at that point, I don't believe that he's acknowledging that he is the Lord. He's merely offering what's called an honorific. Sir, my Lord, right, like that. Who are you, my Lord, my liege? <laughs> and he answers, Jesus answers, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. He says it twice. Is this a transformation experience or is this a conversion experience and is there a difference? It is a conversion experience. It is a superhero origin story, and it is fantastic. But make no mistake, the change and the transformation in Paul's life hadn't even begun. He changed his beliefs. I guess you kind of have to change your beliefs. It's kind of hard. It doesn't take a lot of faith to be, believe in the thing that knocked you off your horse blind and, for, and the voice that you heard from, from out of nowhere. I guess at that point, yeah, I believe. So then he, become, he follows the instructions. I'm going to show you. Go to this place. You're going to recover your eyesight. And here, here is the thing that I want to show you. This is cool. So Paul then, Saul at the time follows Jesus' instructions and goes to the place where he is to reco recover, regain his sight. Verse 16 I will show you how much he must suffer for my name. Ah, the transformation process has begun. It has to be. He wasn't transformed then. All he knew is he had some intervention. That's his, his conversion is what God did to stop him from killing people. That's what he did. That's not his transformation. His transformation is what then he went on to suffer. 
And we're going to spend most of the rest of our time talking about that. To become a living sacrifice, there has to be pain because the thing that used to define you as a person before is being put to death. And just so you know, I'm not an expert at this, which is why, if you've been wondering what this is, this, brothers and sisters, is my very, very clean, very, very pristine, and very, very white belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Clean, brand spanking new. My kids are in it, I'm in it. And this right here is proof positive that every time I step on that mat, I am absolutely demolished by everyone in the gym. I am dominated by the six foot three blue belt. I am destroyed by the 250 pound second generation Gracie Jiu-Jitsu black belt on top of me, and I'm absolutely obliterated by the five foot, 315 pound white belt who just happens to have been doing this a year and a half more than I, but the, the problem is that she's so fast. <laughs> and she's so mean. <laughs> she doesn't give any air, and, and you would think that she would stop, because it's obvious that I've had enough. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm doing this, the, the, the blood circulation because of the choke. <laughs> it's this, it's lights out, proof positive. But what happens is this particular martial art, it's, that's how you learn it. There is no shortcut to learning it, so the road for me is a road filled with pain, not pain for pain's sake, but pain for growth's sake. As the version of the Alex that didn't know anything about jujitsu dies, and the version of Alex that understands a little bit more is born and begins to thrive, there is pain there, brothers and sisters. The path is not an easy one. And I submit to you that it is very unlikely for Paul to have become the apostle that he is, full of perspective and wisdom and insight to essentially pen a great chunk of the, uh, of the New Testament with wisdom for us even today if he hadn't gone through the pain. You have to grow. And so... Transformation is a process, not an event. Conversion could be viewed as an event. Transformation is a process. It takes time. Salvation is free. It's a gift from God by grace, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But transformation is a process. And it is an open process to unlock all of the potential that you have to grow in the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you, to carry out the mission 
of, of, of preaching the gospel, of sharing the good news with others, of being a blessing and an encouragement to your communities. But to do that, you have to have testimony of that work. So when I look at every single one of the people, including her, <laughs> God bless her, I look at people, and when I look at it, I don't see pristine, clean belts. I don't see beautiful, spotless uniforms. In fact, I see scars, blotches, stains, sweat. I just recovered. I, I had elbow hurt, my joints were in pain, my neck, my Adam's apple was somewhere <laughs> down, maybe like. So I have to be worked up to, to back to place. But that's the process. Don't let anybody confuse you and tell you, hey, you saw the light. That's it. You have the right beliefs. Good for you. There is pain in surrendering your identities. There is pain in losing yourself. There is pain in forsaking and turning your back on the idols that you used to have, on the pride you used to take in who you are, whether it be professionally or ethnically or politically, to, to have to be reconciled to Christ and reconciled to each other means you got to put to death some things, which means there's going to be pain. But here's the good news, and we'll close with this. With that pain, you are renewed. So the cycle is pain, recovery, and growth. And in that growth, we're going to share a couple of scriptures of what that may look like. You see, a transformed mind loses, now get this, if you get nothing else, get this. The transformed mind, the mind that is starting to think the way a transformed mind thinks, begins to fall in love with the grind so that the journey becomes indistinguishable from the destination. Now this may sound like a crazy opinion, but I have a scripture. Okay, the scripture, two to close. Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. Now, the background of this. There could be no stronger advocate to going into the promised land. Moses was the person that God chose to lead the Israelites into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land free from the slavery that they endured in Egypt. So this was very good news, very exciting news. This, this destination was very, very hot. And yet, in the middle of the desert, in the wilderness, Moses says to the Lord, See, he had experienced God's presence in the middle of the grind. And he said, by the way, God, just so you know, if your presence does not go up with us into the promised land, do not send us up from here. I'd rather die in the grind than not be with you. The journey, the death, I don't know, I don't care, I want you. The grind, the pain, 
of the, the discomfort, the inconvenience of the wilderness. Are you there? Yeah, then no problem. Let's go. Am I learning? Am I growing? Then sure, choke me out again. Because that's how I learn. Maybe someday it'll sound less pathetic, but for now, this is where I am in this particular thing. Ask me about accounting and I have a much better grasp of things. And then, Philippians 1.21. Remember, we had left our superhero, Paul, at the beginning of his conversion experience. There is a hypothetical Paul that had he only changed his religious affiliation and only changed his beliefs, he would have simply gone from persecuting Christians to persecuting non-Christians. But God needed to deal with garbage in, garbage out. And that's why verse 16 says, I will show you the things that you must suffer for my name. So then he shows him those things. And then we have Philippians 1, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Verse 22, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me in, in the sufferings, in the grind. Yet shall, what shall I choose? I don't know. Knowing, this is a crazy person talking. Knowing that paradise awaits, he's like, literally, I don't know which is better. I don't know if the grind is better than heaven. This is bananas. No, it's transformation. It's transformation. He went from inflicting persecution to enduring it. That's the transformation. And so for us today, in closing, I want us to look at our lives, to look at our lives critically, to look at the things that we're passionate about. Do those things alienate us from certain other people? Chances are you got to put him to death. Do those things alienate us from God? Chances are you're going to put him to death. But more than specific things, it's a mindset. The mindset is, I don't know which is better. I like the grind because God is here with me. Shall we pray? God in heaven, we thank you for a challenge, a challenging word. Thank you, God, that we are not really just doing this on our own strength and our own talents, but we are relying on your spirit to give us the strength and the courage to accept the work that you have in front of us, the path that you have in front of us, whatever that may hold. Help us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. A mind that thinks not so much about uh, the end result, but who also takes stock of, of the journey and the challenges that follow. With courage and with trust and with faith that you are with us, even until the ends of the earth. Thank you, God, for the challenge. Help us to put it into practice. Give us courage, God, because the journey is full of pain and suffering in the grind. But God, you are with us. 
Your presence goes with us just like it did with Moses and the Israelites. And that is all that matters. We are with you, you're with us, God, you love us. Keep our spirits strong to endure. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, you are dismissed. I believe we have people here to pray with you if uh, you need prayer. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy the grind. Because God is with us. Amen.